because of my relationship with Sage, this podcast makes sense because without him, I don't know what my world would look like. And without that connection, that's divine intervention. I want to thank you for loving my son. It means a lot. It meant a lot to me when he was alive. Yeah. It means a lot to me how you are with my other two boys. I love that you loved him and I loved it. Probably fans one, two, and three, Sage, Quinn, and Jude. <laughs> Coming up in two minutes is episode number 12 of the Good Grief, Good God Show, hosted by Grammy nominee and Emmy award-winning hit songwriter of 15 top 10 songs, including nine number ones, Brad Warren of the Warren Brothers. I'm producer Matt Pivato. Join Brad monthly on the first and third Tuesdays on your favorite audio platform or on video on YouTube for raw, honest conversation about surviving things that suck. For today's episode, Brad welcomes country music recording artist and hit songwriter, Ernest Keith Smith, or better known as Ernest. Ernest is a musician with a dual personality. He first established himself as a rapper, but has recently proven to be one of the most successful songwriters and recording artists in country music. Ernest has penned songs for artists including Florida Georgia Line, Chris Lane, Kane Brown, Thomas Rhett, Sam Hunt, and Morgan Waller. Ernest co-wrote a combined 21 songs on Morgan's Dangerous, the double album, and his One Thing at a Time record. He is currently touring with Morgan this year. As a recording artist, Ernest released Flower Shops in 2022, earning him a gold record. And also, Ernest hosts his own podcast, Just Being Ernest. Brad and his brother Brett played a crucial role in introducing Ernest to the music business, including helping him get his first publishing deal at Sony ATV after a chance meeting with Brad about 10 years ago at a baseball game. More specifically, after that meeting, Ernest began giving Brad's late son, Sage, hitting lessons. As you're about to find out, he and Sage became great friends, so much so Ernest sang at Sage's funeral. As Brad says, any day with Ernest is a day that leaves Brad with a smile, and this episode is no exception. In the description are clickable links to connect to the show on social media and to visit goodgriefgoodgodshow.com where you'll find the most up-to-date show information, including links to the back catalog of episodes. And finally, I can't express how important it is to let the interwebs know about the show by hitting that subscribe button, leaving us a comment, or a five-star review. On the behalf of Brad's wife, Michelle, guest booker and segment producer Lisa Bolt, thank you for tuning in, and we hope you too can find the good in grief. The Good Grief Good God Show is brought to you in loving memory, of Sage Michael Warren. Here's episode 12. I feel like Chris Henson just set me down. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you have a seat? How's the, how's the flip phone thing? Uh, I got an iPhone. Yeah, that went okay. in full 24 hours. But all your info went into the flip phone. None of my info went to the flip phone. So I had nothing and I'm like, it takes 50 minutes to send a text. And I was just getting super frustrating. He's like, dee, 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 and it's fucking misspell. And then I got to back up, back up, back up. I was trying to save time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's like, oh. So I went straight back the next day, got a new iPhone, and then couldn't log into anything because all my verification codes were getting sent to an email and a phone number, which I could not get into. Like my old phone number that I changed months ago. Yeah, right. Hey, probably got to come fix your lob mic. You turned it off when you went to the restroom. What is that? It's that the documentary where the guy, the old guy goes to take a piss and that's where he confesses to murder while pissing. He's like, of course I killed him. Of course I killed him. It's real, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. The guy, he's he's like really murdered for like for 60 years. years. Yeah. And he's taking one piss. Of course I killed him. Yeah. Like, oh my God, they got you now. You know, he's looking in the mirror, they got you now. Like, well, yeah. Story of how we met. Story of how we met. We go back. Ten years, but it's like it's like a stick. Ten years, but you've always you've always been. I've always 
known who the Warren brothers were because of CMT and me wanting to watch uh, a version of Jackass, which I got, <laughs> it's just like, I felt, you know, I felt like I was really getting away with something watching that show. And Cause they I, blurred our mouths out when we would cuss. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Um, but I, like, I remember seeing you at a Creefall baseball game. Uh, I would imagine it was a Sage game. And I was at my younger brother, Chris's game. And maybe oh, us, Brad Warren. And then, <laughs> then fast forward, Sage is shadowing at Lipscomb, and I was I just finished my freshman year of college, and I'm just hanging out in the dugout with my dad, and I see you, and then you can take it from here. We come to a, the Lipscomb baseball game to see where we're gonna send Sage. We wound up sending Father Ryan, but we just watched a couple of baseball programs, and uh, I went there with my friend Gary Waller. And Shout out this, Gary. This, what up, Gary? <laughs> and, um, we're going to play musical instruments on here later, so you can't watch this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't tell my mom. <laughs> um, that's a Church of Christ joke for anyone yeah. who didn't get that. Anyway, you, this blonde kid comes running out with like a fresh tattoo and tank top, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm Ernie's son, the coach. I'm like, cool, and you're like the coolest kid. He's like, I'm a rapper. I'm like, How can, are you a Christian rapper? Because I just assumed that if you if you were at Lipscomb yeah. and you had anything to do with the school, the program, whatever, that you couldn't even spell sin. Yeah. And it, we were over at the Catholic school where everyone was drinking and using it's all you and whatever. Spell. It's all you could spell, yeah. <laughs> and um, and so uh, you gave me this website to, yeah. to check you out on. And I remember going to it and I was like, I felt like I was in trouble because I think you were smoking weed and you were definitely using words that I hadn't heard at at uh, Church of Christ before. And I was like, do his parents know that he's doing this, you know? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. So then we had breakfast. Yeah, Waffle House, the infamous Waffle House, yeah. Waffle House breakfast, which which I, after all this time, I, I see that breakfast as like a nighting, so to speak. Like, y'all sat down with y'all and then, you know, yeah, literally we sat there and uh, did we run into Jesse Taylor? We ran into somebody yes, afterwards your in the friend, parking lot. Jesse. Yeah, but, um, What's yeah, I think doing? I had blacked out on maybe a CD that day, and we sat in the truck after and listened to it. Was blacked out the first day? Because okay, I think maybe so. so I think it was whenever you played that song, I was like, and you know, here's the thing. I'd like to say that I know what I'm doing, but I'd really tell you know, I, I know, I know what I like and what I think. But I was like, that's the hookiest song I've ever heard. Like every hmm. every second in that song is entertaining. You know, there's always there's the downtime yeah. of the song. Yeah. And then you get to the chorus and we're all happy because we get to the chorus. And oh, it's like fruit stripe gum. You're like, oh. yes, and you go yes. back, he goes up yes. and down. And Blacked Out was this, this rap song that you wrote by yourself in college. And it, there's not a boring minute in it. And so uh, I have to get credit to Lance Miller. Yes. Our, our good friend, Lance Miller. Yes. I said, Lance, I'm... Tell me I'm not insane. Is this the most talented kid you've ever heard in your life? Listen to this. And I played that. And he's like, no, I don't think you're crazy at all. <laughs> and, wow. you know, and I'm like, okay, this is. So anyway, we just started hanging out. And we yeah. wound up taking you down to. It's funny. We took you to Big Loud first and they passed on you. I was like, just make that. On yeah. The, put yeah. that on the record. Took, yeah, we took the rounds. But you know, what? It, it actually worked out perfect because. The full circle for me would have been the Sony ATV move because of Donna Hilly yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. Mitchell. And it's like, I, it would have been weird for me to go sign a pub deal without Mitchell. So we, we got to all kind of do that. And Mitchell's like a brother to me. So we'd all write as a foursome. And then me and Mitchell would go tag team rooms. Mitchell Tenpenny. Yeah, Mitchell Tenpenny. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and it, it, Sony ATV was like the only publishing company I ever knew mm -hmm. as a kid. It was like my only insight into this. So And Mitchell's grandmother signed me and Brett. Right. Which yeah. is why we loved her. Yeah, crazy full circle. So then 
you know, we write for two or three years and then I'm going to do the artist thing and y'all take me back to Big Loud. And I, I say all the time, I don't know what anybody saw in me other than that he can rap and there's melody, but it wasn't like for country music, you know? And then, um, thank God y'all took me all the places you took me because I got to just go through so many, as you've seen, so many versions of myself to get to here, which I'm super comfortable being. And, um, and yeah, it's y'all for just letting me create at whatever rate I wanted to. It's the good and bad of being, literally being able to do anything. And that's why I said, I said, here's the thing, he's capable of all of it. You are just good at all of it, which kind of skews their like, you know, record people like to kind of know what, which not necessarily Big Loud, you're the great, the perfect group of people that see outside yeah, the box. Yeah, they, they have been perfect. But, but, Typically, record people, they kind of want to know what they're into. I'm like, oh, I don't know, but he's like super talented and he can do anything, so figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, they'll figure it out. You yeah. have to figure it out. Yeah. And, um, and I still say, we try to put a band together with you and Mitchell. I still say at some point in there, there's that band with you and Mitchell and, and Rafe, Mitchell's brother, who you yeah. just signed, which is crazy. I saw a picture of me and Mitchell from those days and it's like, oh, We've aged, aged like 35 years since those photos from nine years ago. <laughs> clean living. Yeah, literally clean living. Jeez. We both look like we ate each other in that, from, from, the, from, the, from that photo. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's yeah. why, that's, yeah, that's why you're, you're, you're both singing so good because you ate each other's compass. I have a great Donna Hilly story. When we were, um, when we were, Coming up, we were playing bars in Nashville, and we they, we started getting a little buzz, and and we signed. We were getting ready to sign a record deal with RCA, and it's kind of going on. And so, Sony had been a little bit interested in us, and then when they heard about the RCA deal, they like they heard one song, and Mitchell's grandmother Donna Hilly, who was an absolute badass on every level. She was yes. she started in the tape room and worked herself up, and she was the CEO at Sony. And we went upstairs to meet her in her office and the elevator opens into her office. First time I'd ever experienced an elevator opening into anything but a hallway. Yeah. And we're open into her office. She's couches there. We had cigars, just gold records everywhere. It was like gold record paradise, which I thought was the coolest thing. And we go in and we start talking to Donna and she'd heard one song. She liked it and we were good. And we, we go in and we start making her laugh and she made us comfortable enough to be funny and make her laugh. And we made her laugh and we're hanging out. And it was getting to be close to her next meeting. Right. And uh, I think it was Greg Dorschel, one of her guys, said, uh, hey, Donna, uh, we, it's about time for your next meeting. Do you want to hear a couple songs? And, she, and I mean, this was like $50,000, which was a million to us. At the yeah, time. We had right. no money. And she said, and he said, do you want to hear some more songs? We, we need to go to the next meeting. And she goes, nah, if they're, that, if they're this funny and they're right with Tom Douglas, just sign them. Yeah. She heard one song. That's he amazing. He gave us $50,000 a piece back when that was like a million dollars. That's a woman that understood the art of the hang. The yes. She got, and, figure and, the rest out. Yeah. And I told, um, so I ran into to Kimberly Gleason and Big Loud the other day in the parking lot. And, and we were talking about your publishing company. I said, who better to sign new writers than a writer? Yeah, you know they're good. Yeah, you're that's in like the Craig. room. I'm just taking a page out of his yeah, book. Yeah, exactly. And they so that that's another reason why. Thank you for taking me there because even to this day, that environment is set for me to be free and do what I want, and they have the resources for me to do that. And like idea first, business second. You know, like mm -hmm. we'll get the business figured out, but like. Mm -hmm. I'm not, it's not like sitting here and scheming. It's like, let's see how much, how much more bread can we make? It's like, it's like, Hey, I got these kids that are writing songs anyways. And I think they're cool. Plus one of them's on the road with me anyways. Um, 
I call all my demo, like it's got to pass the Cadillac test. So I was yeah. like, we should have, we should Cadillac music. Cadillac music. Cadillac music. That's great. I wanted to do DeVille and Delaney was like, it's devil. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, Cadillac. <laughs> I, like, right, I didn't Cadillac. mean it, it's because I got a coupe DeVille. Everybody kid, knows no, You can't be a devil, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Cadillac music. I like it Cadillac music, yeah, too. Yeah, it, feels, it feels like you. Yeah. The, um, okay, so for, as, as a starter point here, I, I have a quote for everyone. I come okay. around, and here's my quote for, for Earn. Um, and this quote is by Dave Kirpin, some businessman, author. I have no idea who he is, but I'm, I collect the quotes anyways. Um, and the quote is, the greatest difference between people who are successful and people who are not successful is their mindset. And... I don't know, the only person probably less surprised than me about your success is you. I don't know, I'm still shocked sometimes too. I know there's a little piece yeah. that's, I don't mean to say that you wouldn't have been just as comfortable, you know, owning a butcher shop or something or yeah, whatever it is that you might have been doing. Or, yeah, yeah, working at a beach bar, yeah, a bartender yeah. or something. Yeah. Not that, that not that you wouldn't have been comfortable in doing something else, but that you're not shocked with the moment. The moment was never, I don't know if you remember, we took you to, the moment was never too big for you. Yeah. We took you to the Bluebird. I don't know if you just signed your published deal or didn't have any. And we we're, I didn't really, I wanted to introduce you to whatever was going on there, but I didn't really know how to do it. I said, hey, I tell you what, this kid is just gonna freestyle. I didn't check with you or anything. Uh, we were yeah, just playing a riff. Right. I said, right. he's just gonna freestyle for a minute. And you like, tore the place to the ground <laughs> at the Bluebird. And, and it was kind of like those people that were there were like, oh, okay, I got a new level. But it, the moment was never too big for you. The, the town was never too big, the issue. So anyway, I thought about your mindset. It's just always been like, yeah, man, what's next? Yeah, I've always, it's a fine line between delusional and confident, I guess, you know? And, <laughs> and you get someday, back and forth. Yeah, I go that. back and forth. Um, but I would say that, yeah, I, I've never thought I wouldn't make it in some regard. I've always said I'd either be famous or homeless, which is like, I guess, a mentality to have. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if it's the most healthy, but I know I told my friends that in high school. Um, and it's not just about being famous. It's crazy that I get to create songs like the things I got kicked out of class for doing and goofing off and saying the first thing that comes to mind is now like my bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, paying me for this? Yeah, so that's like, that's the thing that blows my mind. It's like getting to work with cool people and your idols, like getting to have a song with Dean Dillon. It's yeah, like, yeah. Not everybody, not everybody has a Dean Dillon feature, you know? Like, yeah. There's just, each step along the way has proven to me that you can't dream too big, mm -mm. I guess. And especially mm -mm. like, you wouldn't look at me and assume odds were stacked against me, so to speak, and growing up in Nashville and decent home and all that. But the ratio of people who pick up a guitar and write songs to that song having any success on the radio is like scary if you look. It's, it's like almost a liability growing up in Nashville because there's so much that, oh, you're a Nashville kid, so you know enough to get yourself in trouble. Are you really talented? Where someone shows up in town, the yeah. talent, everyone stops and kind of takes a look at them. Yeah. And you were just here. I mean, the guy used to do my lawn was like, I remember him, man. He would just sit up in the in the bleachers and play banjo yeah. when he was in sixth grade, you yeah. know? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like my boy. Yeah, that's me. Um, just unafraid of whatever was the, uh, whatever the thing was. And the truth is that you, well, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to more of that later, but like you came from some sort of musical background that you're not aware of, but you're adopted. So yeah. the parents that you had were not musical. Therefore, you literally 
ventured out and found it on your own, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, with the exception, Regina would always have like Chuck Wagon Gang, like some like some form of gospel she would love to say, or oldies. She was always singing harmonies. So oh, I wow, think really? I think Regina low key might have helped with my okay ear early on before I realized it. But um, other than that, like I had a couple cousins. We're always picking and, you know, hey, here's G, D, C. And I was just so intrigued with it. I had a flattened Scruggs CD. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want a banjo. So I got the banjo for third grade. Same year, my uncle Ed, who like knows, uh, sorry, Ed, if you, I wouldn't consider him to know anything about music other than like maybe Chicago or something. But yeah. he gives me the Space Jam soundtrack because they knew <laughs> that I like Space Jam. So it's it's my dad's brother's fault that I ever got into rap because of the Space Jam soundtrack. Really? I hit him high, hit him high, hit him high. And you hit him low. <laughs> Just like private school. I'm in the hole. You ain't got no game. I'm working and I'm working. Coming through rock a crane. You can't get none of this straight from the nest. Well, shake up or take a three-point cut. So third grade me is just going around Lipscomb Elementary wrapped with my baggy cargo khakis. Um, Developing the bad boy image early, you were. Early, yeah. Early. I was drawing the S on my arm. You know, <laughs> like Sharpie. My mom would quit drawing on yourself. It's like, I'm going to have tattoos one day and you know it. <laughs> you knew that. Yeah, when you're out of my house and not under my roof, you yeah. can get them. So you you developed like because I, I think the Lipscomb people were it's funny to see them now uh some of the people now they're oh yeah I don't isn't know. it yeah and, and <laughs> isn't it hilarious yeah because because I I know this I could see the looks that you my youngest son wound up going there and it's great people sweet people and great group of friends whatever but I'm they were they were. They were not all of your fans of I also her. don't, I don't blame them. Looking back at, at me and knowing, I was seeing pictures like Facebook memories of me. It's like, that guy sucked a little bit. But I probably did, I probably did piss a lot of parents off, but it's all good, you know? I, I knew I wanted to be here. I looking mean, looking the, back, I was kind of an asshole in high school. I don't know what how you would, would say about that. For one thing, um, like, you're so honest, it's almost dangerous. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yes. Um, My publicist is not here, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. But, no, but, no, but, I mean, you're just you're just really honest about it. So there's a sweet side to, to even your your assholeness, which is, yeah. I don't never seen that any side. Yeah, I know. I, I think I just mean. But, uh, but getting kids in trouble and, yes. and you know, yeah. blowing out pot smoking class is probably not something that they were super big fans though. So it I think that it was a burp. I couldn't help what came out. First of all, it was a burp. Yeah. But there is a, um, I don't know, man, there's this, maybe it's just the, this, the what my kids that were, I mean, Sage being the oldest, but my other two that are younger were much younger than you. And you always been super cool to them and they loved your music. Like, I mean, before anyone had ever heard it, like they true. constant, that was truly. And so it didn't come because, cause now it's easy to go, oh yeah, I love Ernest. Yeah. Cause everyone loves Ernest, but they didn't. They know. loved snow. Like they were they getting. They loved snow. They, yeah, they, they loved did. snow and. Uh, they loved snow flow. Which was they loved snow. snow flow. And yeah, I mean, Sage was oftentimes one of the first people to get the demos. Like, the, you know, if I, if I made a rap, like I might not send it to many other people. Like, ah, he'll like it, you know, and I know the kids like it. And um, yeah, baseball, intertwining this whole thing and, and how it all got to you is, is just at every point in my life, I would say that it's impossible to try to act like God didn't have a hand in that phase of it. Um, and I'm not even the most, I'm definitely not 
a religious person right now. I'm, I'm yeah. very spiritual though, yeah. and it's and it's yeah. hard hard to deny divine intervention because I've just seen it so many times. So from uh, being adopted and landing with Ernie and Regina Smith, <clears throat> who had the best home for me to be in. I had just enough athletic sauce, a little bit of an athlete, uh, to be able to State champion. To be able to make my dad proud on a baseball field. Um, and because I grew up around baseball, I, I thought I wanted to coach or do that. So I think I was just trying to come up with some extra cash after I dropped out of college. I was like, well, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to play. So I was giving some lessons on the side. And did, did Gary give – Sage to me is that was Gary. How did I get? How did no, I start no, doing? I, no, was, I, I we, we met when that we night, met that day. We met that okay. day. That he took me to the baseball game. That's all. Okay, okay. That's all you're getting. Gary. Okay, that's, that's all you're getting. getting. That's all. And then we exchanged numbers. No, and and I told you, I said, hey, I, this kid's getting ready to play high school, and he he was a baller. He was really good, right. good athlete, uh, all sports, but he loved baseball. I'm like, man, I need someone who can throw harder, can throw him a curveball, so he can hit, because you were giving him hitting lessons, so you were just whizzing yes. and I was like oh this is so great for them so we just hang out and and yeah I don't know man but like my whole family my wife yeah, everyone fell in love with you I, immediately. Remember, I would use those I would use those sessions to get a couple demo I like, yeah, yeah. see what you think about this yeah. <laughs> it was crazy too. and yeah. it was so good like I a couple times went into the car and listened it was a disc right we're, yeah god we're you're even getting old, which is great. No, I Thank am. I am getting And so I put the disc in and listen while you were yeah. throwing 90 mile an hour fastballs at yeah. Sage, which was, it was great. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny because it, the, I don't deny the God element in everything. What the thing that I struggle with probably you is the, how we all want to define the God element, mm. but not that it's there because, um, like you played, blacked out with the words to amazing grace at sage's funeral mm. and i got the biggest smile on my heart when that was going on i'm mm. like sage is dying laughing loving mm. this and so is god yeah not like it was like the to the tune of blacked out we're doing amazing grace and it's not <laughs> um it's not blasphemous and it's not all those things like god god is our dad you know what i mean and and he was looking down at at that with this big smile and um there's a few people uh, you know, that are close. Well, you're not even closer to my age, but you are my friend. You yeah, know? no, totally. But there's a few of my friends, a handful of them that really knew my son. Yeah. And um, I cling to that. You know what I mean? That's something that like there's, it's even more special than it would be if he wasn't gone in that way. I mean, I, I'd give anything for him to not be gone. Yeah. But like you had your own relationship with my son. My yeah. brother had his own relationship with, with Sage and, and I have a few other friends Lance, my friend, Tim O'Neill, and I can just, I, there's a there's a handful of them. And so those people wind up being closer to me yeah. for different reasons. Like, I'm almost like, like now, right now I try to leave you alone because everyone is calling you with that thing. But you and I will always have a synergy that don't well, go We're away. family. It's definitely transcends. I, I feel like a first cousin or something. Yeah. Like, sometimes, sometimes you're the... Sometimes you're a stepdad to me. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're like the fun uncle to go take a walk with before Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, exactly. you're, you're in I love it. We'll sit in the car and, and kick it. And um, yeah, I've, all, I've always felt like family with y'all. And, and uh, singing Amazing Grace to Blacked Out, the hardest it's ever been to sing a song for me. That was, mm. that was, not, that was not a performance I wanted to have to do. Yeah. Um, however, it was... 
I don't know that there was a more perfect thing to sing in that moment. Um, I was so tempted to just let a verse go, but yeah, I would have loved it. I know, it. I know. It's like the, the Church of Christ in the back of me was like, hey, you're pushing it already, yeah, buddy. You're, you're already on the you're you're temple of the Lord here. with a guitar in your hands. You're pushing it. You're on thin ice already. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the only time during that whole funeral that I felt comfortable was when you were doing that. And I was just like, all the rest of this is just some kind of noise. But this is yeah. uh, getting after it. It's funny because I call, I, I don't even know how many days notice. I just went, hey, um, Sage would have wanted you to sing at his funeral. And you're like, okay, what what do you want me to do? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. I got too many decisions to make. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. losing that's my mind here. You just figure it out. And you're yeah. like, so then you sent me a voice memo and said, how about this? And I was like, Hell yeah, yeah, that was so perfect. Yeah, that was, was a gifted like, idea for sure. <laughs> I would ask you how you came up with it, but uh, that's probably divine divine intervention. That's why, but no, I was like, I don't, I don't think it took any time or yeah, uh, it just just just, yeah. just happened. Um, so like in your on your, it's funny, man. It's been ten years, like it's ten yeah. years, but on your on your journey, like what's what was it like? What's it like now, and what do you think it's going to be like? Mm. Well, what was it like was me waking up at 5.30 a.m. to go to the donut den. <laughs> and yeah, you were working at the donut den in Green Hills. And then work until about 11 a.m. and then go try to write some songs. And um, delusional. I was, I thought, I thought I would made it just as much as I feel like I've made it now. Then I was had thirteen dollars to I had negative three hundred dollars in my SunTrust <laughs> account. And it was like yeah, I got this. <laughs> no, 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 babe. I understand. We're living in your parents' garage. We're rich. Okay. Yeah, we're <laughs> it's it's all pipeline. I didn't even have a pub deal. I thought BMI was something I need to can work on. I, know, I thought it was body mass index. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought my yeah. PE teacher was about to judge me about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, had that confidence delusion through then, through my 20 to 23, 24. Then I had a pub deal and had been working for a couple years and gotten a break by getting to get in with Brian and Tyler and getting a couple Florida Georgia line cuts and the big loud community kind of took me in. Um, cause it, like at that time I was also rapping and writing country songs and all at, in that point too, nothing was happening, but in my mind it, it was all happening, you know, it was, it's all going to happen. And now I can say that some things are happening. It's, it's working now. And, you know, oh, what? it's happening. It's happening. But you feel the same. I feel the same. And I feel like we're still going. And that's the songwriting is going to save me when when the artist thing <laughs> fizzles out, because it all started with that. And you don't ever have to quit writing songs. You can if you want to. But it's not like you're never going to catch me with one of those things hoisting me up on stage to try you like a damn stand up golf bag. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to be playing yeah, on one of those. Michelle and I were at the beach the other day and this old guy, he's crumped over with a, with a metal detector and he's, yeah. and he's just barely standing up. He's going through the thing and he's got this cool hat on, you know, and he's like a hundred years old. And I said, yeah. I said, honey, you know what's wrong with his life? And she said, what? I said, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> like it's cool to go ahead and become that guy when, yes. when it's time. But yeah. So that's, that's it for me. It's like, I don't know that I'll ever be able to turn this off, the creative side or, or big idea side. And that's why having the publishing company is cool because it's like 10 years from now, no telling what, what Cadillac's going to be. I don't even know what how publishers are supposed to make money anymore. It's the whole Turn them into record companies. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
That's, that's what I, yeah. that's, that's exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, about that's it. what it's gotta happen. But uh, it will change again. Like I've watched the whole thing and to, to Brian and Tyler's credit, um, especially BK at, from Florida Georgia Line, they, man, they, they, when they saw you, they, they took a liking and um, I just kind of watched it happen. And this, this is this crazy thing, but um, what didn't ever surprise you. It didn't, and it didn't, I mean, it didn't surprise me at all, but um, it did almost surprise me to see everyone's kind of shift in, oh yeah, of course, duh. Y'all always talked to me like it was a sure thing to happen. And so did, so did Rob. Rob always, my wife's dad, for those that don't know, uh, Rob Yeah, Royer. tell who your dad is, oh, Rob, tell him that. Rob Royer, uh, he's an old cat. He was in the band Bread. Bread. Yeah, and he wrote the Grundy County Auction when he came to Nashville, the day Delaney was born. How good is Ryan um, going to be at music? I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's going to be a problem for sure. <laughs> yeah. One way or the other. Um, yeah. So people, I've, I've had very important people in my life, like yourself, that has always given me confirmation to things I'd, I did think about myself. And then on days I didn't think that about myself, you'd still be like, no, you're going to do three or four years. Like the time window and how it does take time and just you got to show up and do it every day because now that it is paying off, it's definitely not a finish line. Like this is a starting line for the next <laughs> the next 10 years. And that'll years. be a starting line for exactly. the next. And yeah. it's not always money and goal oriented. No. Sometimes it's, it's veer off. My life has taken a strange turn where now I literally uh, – if you told me that I want to would be the guy that was there to comfort people that were grieving, I would have said, you think you have the wrong guy? Um, because I wasn't even, I don't know, it wasn't on my radar before I was here very much. <clears throat> life takes turns. Your life is not going to take that turn, by the way. But I'm just saying. I hope you're right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. This, is, this is like a juxtaposition podcast, to be honest. Like, I've yeah. always wanted to do a podcast with you. Uh, I know. And then I, I, you know, but it is perfect. And... Um, because of my relationship with Sage, this podcast makes sense because without him, I don't know what my world would look like. Without that connection, that's divine intervention. That's in divine intervention. Yeah. And there's a lot of little things. It's funny, the producer of the podcast is kind of, hey, man, you're, aren't you buddies with Ernan? I'm like, yeah, really buddies. He's like, you, you, need to, you need to call him. And I'm like, no, man, I want to let him tell me. He knows I want to have him on yeah. when he's ready. He'll, yeah. and, then, and when you did, I was like, absolutely. That's, yeah. I mean, this is like awesome. But of course, I wanted you to, to do it, but also, you know, it's 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 not necessarily comfortable subject matter, but I'm definitely at a place I'm not afraid of it. It is what it is, and there's something wonderful about not being afraid of everything yeah. because the worst thing has happened. <clears throat> Get this vicariously through me, mm. but the idea of uh, and I don't actually I don't think you live very afraid anyway, which is good. But there, the idea we don't have that much control. And like living life on life's terms and feeling comfortable with what's next, because I believe in heaven and God in a way that I didn't think I was capable of, <clears throat> kind of lets it just flow. So I don't know what the next chapter is yeah. for what I'm doing. But um, when I look at what you're doing, you haven't really forced anything. It's just come to you. All of a sudden, you got a Sam Hunt hit. And all of a sudden, you got some Florida George Line hit. And these things start happening. And then... You become an artist because people start loving your what you're putting out there. But you never really, I don't even know if you still decided exactly what you're going to be because the talent was spread out pretty wide. I mean, any pressure to do that? No. It, with Flower Shops working the way it did, it took a lot of the guessing out of what I'm going to do next. Mm -hmm. It's like, you like traditional country guy? <laughs>
get all the boots, <laughs> order all the boots. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I, I love that. I, now I make songs that I would listen to. My playlist is full of Whitley and Jones and Haggard and Waylon and like, uh, I was saying earlier today, sad songs really make me happy. Instead yeah, <laughs> so yeah. of twist away, it's yeah. like we go up in a room sometimes, like how sad of a song can we write today? Um, and that's not necessarily sad boy country being the brand, but to go from being a Drake-style instrumental on YouTube, right into those, to now it's like, okay, all my records are going to have all real instruments and it's going to be soaked in steel guitar. You know, and who played it when I, who played the stuff that I was listening to? Okay, have them come play that. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be that. It's like, yeah. all right, fine. I, if, if I can't get a George Strait cut, I want to cut the song that I wish George Strait would yeah. cut. Have you had Dan Dugmore in a session yet? Yeah. The steel player? Okay. Dan played on a couple of my records, but uh, it's normally Paul Franklin. They're both, yeah. Just yeah. legendary, like, yeah. yeah. Total experience just, just watching those guys play. Yeah, and I get to fanboy. That's, that's like, I'm still such a fan. Like, bro, I scalped, I scalped tickets my sophomore year of high school for CMA. Yeah, for the CMA Awards. Whoa. And I went down there. I skipped football practice. I wore like a little sport coat, jeans, and cowboy <laughs> boots. Um, scalped a ticket. And I go wait outside of the red carpet for the artist to come. I was that guy. And I got my picture. Or I got um, Kid Rock and Lil Wayne signed the back of my little flip phone. And every, was Lil Wayne at the CMA Awards? Yeah, they did uh, Sweet Home Alabama all summer long together. Yeah, that's right. And the next morning, I was telling all my friends, I was like, yo, I got Kid Rock and Lil Wayne's autograph. But uh, it had worn off on my, on my phone. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, cool, yeah, Keith. Whatever. I'm sure everybody believes that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, seriously. You guys. <laughs> I sat there by myself. I'm pretty sure I sat next to Jason Aldean's drummer's wife. I don't know how I wound up there. But. Yeah, well, you're a seat filler. He got up to play and you sat yeah, in the seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that he was like it. Kramer on Seinfeld when he winds up on stage. Exactly. The how did I get here? here? Um, but that's it. I'm just a, I'm a fan of it. I'm not a fan of all of it. But, yeah, but, you, but what you're a fan of. What I'm a fan of, I love that I get to be a part of. Well, you were writing really country songs immediately when we first met you. And and then you would, you would come by when we wrote at Big Loud. You would come by our office and you were brand new at Big Loud. And you would sit down and play some really country song, and it was a joke. You were just freestyling yeah. really country song, and Brett's like, "Dude, like, change three words in that, and that's a hit." Like, which is kind of what you're like, man, it took like, me four more years yeah, to yeah, like, take heed. Yeah, that heed that. that he's like, "Oh my god, that's so good!" Like, just record that, and this can we just change three words? And you're like, oh, "I'm just kidding around." Yeah, and then you would leave, but it, yeah, that's it's my formula that. now. By the way, I just make it a little more serious instead of go funny i go depressing yeah yeah go and, dark. and just try to make it up uh me and chandler made up two songs before i came here today just picked up is a that 12 the steel player top. guy or the other yeah. one yeah 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 chandler so, walters and so your band is, is grady block is grady block we wrote with yesterday he's yes. a drummer and i love those guys love and then you have a steel player chandler walters and then jordan merrigan is playing guitar, guitar or whatever yeah, yeah. And, you're, and you're opening for morgan wallen all year yeah all year, I think we're going to do some headline dates at the end of the year. Did you know Morgan Morgan also bond over baseball? Yeah, ba I'm, baseball is like baseball is your streamline through this whole thing. Through the whole thing. Um, Before you tell that, I'm going to forget this and I won't tell it. But however many years ago, the Red Sox were in the World Series against the Rays. I went to the to the World's five six years ago, so you were not kind of breaking out yet, and. Uh, 
I went to the World Series with my friend Tim O'Neill, who's a sports agent, and Mookie Betts came up to bat, and it was one of your songs, yeah. and no one had ever heard of you. I'm like, hey, that's my buddy Ernest. <laughs> I was sure yeah. of it. That song wasn't even out. Like, people were in the Nothing. stadium. There was, like, yeah. Shazam. Yeah, there's like, no Shazam. No idea. Wasn't dead. I'm like, I know that song, and I'm the only one in this whole stadium that knows that song. It was great. Anyway, yeah. I had to no, tell you. That was very cool. Mookie always told me when we were younger, he was like, dude, if I ever make it in the league, I'm going to use you as a walkout song. That's great. Sure enough. And he did. Yeah, he, he did. He stuck to that. Um, hey, what were we talking about? Sorry, I know. We, 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 so, I, uh, I, we, were, we were just there. It was, uh... <laughs> it was baseball. Morgan. Morgan, baseball. Um, yeah, so I met Morgan. Our short-term memory is gone for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Kind of. You tell me you had a great memory at 31? <laughs> Okay, no, okay. no, not so much. Okay. Um, yeah, so when I met Morgan for the first time, so I thought was at Craig Wiseman's Christmas party 2015, and uh, see this string-haired kid coming in. We were all there. I was there. You were there. That's the night Morgan comes in. He walks in through crazy. the kitchen. Yeah. I'm like, who's this guy? Yeah. We start talking. Um, we exchange Instagrams. I see that he was on The Voice. Cool. I keep scrolling back. This is I'm at home that night, and uh, I see a black and baby blue and gold jersey and what looked like Beach High School, and I was like, that looks like State Turn. I was like, that looks like Knoxville Gibbs. So I messaged him. I was like, what year did you graduate? He's like, 2011. I was like, I graduated in 2011. I was like, did you play at Gibbs? He was like, yeah. I was like, I pitched against y'all junior year. And now I remember that now batting number four, Morgan Whalen. Like, like, stupid name. Yeah, right? what a dumb name. <laughs> yeah, what a dumb name. Um, so we, we played against each other junior and senior year. They beat us junior year. Um, went on to win the state. We, I pitched against them senior year. We won. We went on to win state. So we each got one. But, yeah, when I realized that we had played state tournament ball against each other, then it was like – we just become best friends. Do we only go do karate in the garage? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. BK bonded over baseball too. Me and BK long oh, tossed yeah. before I ever played him a song. Oh wow. We wow. met at Viraga, like one of the early Tree Vibes lunches, and I was like, yo, um, my dad's coaches at Lipscomb, if you want to show up in long toss or something. He was like, Yeah, let's do it. We met the next day and threw. So thank God for baseball. <clears throat> thank God for baseball. My mom always told us, you know, we, we play basketball every day in the street. We both played point guard in high school and we were, you know, we little crap high school and we, you know, whatever. But we, we played and we were, you know, we were pretty good for, well, I always say for regular people, we're not really great athletes, but for musicians, we're pretty good because musicians tend to suck at sports. You're right. Although your generation's got more, but when our generation was like a bunch of motel tan skinny guys that could not. That's just Florida. <laughs> okay, sort of in general. Yeah. But mom will always tell us, you you know, you're never going to make any money playing basketball. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Duh. And then, um, you know, we met Tim McGraw opening for Faith Hill, the first tour we ever did. And Great. he we started playing basketball with him. And we played every day on her tour. And he said, hey, man, I'm doing a tour with this band, the Dixie Chicks, next year. Brand new act. You want to come out and open on the front end? We can play basketball every day. That's literally why we got the tour. Yeah. I said, so fast forward 20 years, we've had like 32 Tim McGraw cuts, got nominated for a Grammy, played in his band for two years. I'm like, mom, we made a lot of money playing basketball. Yeah, yeah, no you kidding. I mean? No it's kidding. Like, and it's the tiny part of basketball is just baseball has been a pretty big thread in your... That's it. I'm finally, unfortunately, for the first time in my life, I got a little... 
Rotator cuff? A little issue happening up here. I can't really let her burn anymore. I went out. Were you lefty or righty? I can't remember. Right righty, bat left. Pat, I need one of those left. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't let it go anymore. Last last February, I was still throwing like 85, 86. I go to Livsco and throw a bullpen. I was the fattest I'd ever been, which I think I was probably getting a little more momentum in there behind <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like I could make a little comeback. I got three years of eligibility. <laughs> got a nice little Instagram following. Get a little NCAA money. Somebody give you a little uh, little honorary degree. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> Who wants to have Ernest on campus? It's like, oh, oh well, he's not allowed on campus. Yeah. So I got the lifetime ban from Lipsy. Only certain conferences. Yeah, right. NAIA, love it. You don't have to pee or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or go to class. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know what? And I think baseball is going to continue to be that for me because I, me and Morgan talk about too. Like, I would love to start a league in town one day or, or somehow, somehow be involved. Have my team. Obviously, if Ryman wants to play ball. Let's go. I I can't wait to wear a pair of bike shorts. A little, you know. <laughs> they're actually called bike too. They yeah, they're B I K E. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got the whole. They only come in tight. I hope I I have this whole aesthetic built in my head. I have to acquire the you know the so- the stirrups, the socks, the shorts. Oh, shorts. Um, very opinionated from the third base box. Hell yeah! <laughs> it's funny how important it is to you when they're when they're younger, and then like. With my last kid, you know, he he played a little bit. He played Lipscomb, and I just would he get in the car, and he like he's pissed off. He went over three, and I'm like, "How was your day, buddy?" It's all oh, terrible. I went over three. I'm like, "No, how was your day?" Oh, oh, you know, I, I we got a test inside, and he would just forget about it. But yeah. with but the first two, I didn't know how to do that because I was young, and I would we would just talk about the over three all the way home, and yeah, go yeah. straight to the batting cages, and then you know make him come lift weights when they got home. And it was so important, and. You know, not that it's not being excellent is important, but I was about to say it's kind of a mamba mentality in a way to go about it too. A little bit, but there's like a, the the Andre Agassi that's a great rich tennis player because he hates tennis because his dad overdid it when he was. Oh old. yeah, true. Um, but the the truth is, for most of us, it's not going to be that. And I think people say that about music too. I mean, you have taken. I think the the best guys that do best in this business have played some sports. You take some of that mentality into this thing. Oh, yeah. Well, in a sport like baseball, too, it's like, yes, it's a team sport, but pitching is an individual sport, mm-hmm. but you do rely on your guys. You know, you got to somebody's going to have to make some plays. And, and I love it. It's, it's like a couple of my favorite things, rock, paper, scissors. That's what pitching is. It's a game of rock, paper, yeah. scissors. You get to Guess make somebody look stupid in front of their girlfriend. And then they get to make you look stupid. Yeah, yeah if they win. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then, like, I know we, we had a game – my junior year of high school against Good Pasture, who was like supposed to win state. They had all these guys going to college, and uh, we were the underdogs for sure. We had like a 500 season, but we were getting hot. And uh, I threw a two hitter against Good Pasture, and it wasn't because I pitched great, but Michael Muscolo behind me made like 13 plays at shortstop, and and it's like, okay, so now carry that over now. All I can do, all I can guarantee you I'm going to do is write a halfway decent song. I was going to say, writing songs is pitching, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm going to write you a halfway decent What happens next is out of my hands. The ball is out of my hands. Um, and then, you, you know, you throw to a guy like Morgan, don't leave it up. Prove <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I tell people all the time, it's, it's, uh, it's songwriting, if you saw the little song and dance, for lack of a better term, that a song had to do to get from the origin of that room to number one, 
it's a little miracle mm. that like it's 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 more of a miracle than a sperm i mean yeah. Yeah. it goes through so many phases to get there it's just impossible to predict it and it's kind of like when you're in the flow of it being the flow of it and now i'm, I'm getting a little older and it's still we're you know there's still we're still getting soft cut and doing our thing but i have to get a little perspective and go man when you're in the flow you don't even know it Right. And you're in that flow. So I don't know if you know it or not, but you're in, there's nothing that you can do right now to stop or start it except for just not show up because you're so in, in the zone. Yeah. The showing up. That's why I tell all the kids too. It's like the only thing you can control is being there as much as possible. You don't even have to have nothing on your calendar, bro. Just pull into the big love parking lot and, and you know, there's going to be three or four rooms where something's going on and not everybody in there. I don't think anybody in that building right now is stingy to the point where if like if John Byron didn't have a right yesterday and he wanted to join, y'all have had a five way, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the, that's the um, environment that is set at, at, at big loud right now specifically. So it's like, bro, show up. Oh, I didn't have anything scheduled. Good. Then you can do anything. Then you can write with anybody. Putting you on the book is probably way harder than just showing up and letting you go, hey, come in here. Let's do this. Yeah, I thought it'd be funny to do a little TV segment of me just crashing right, showing up to any, showing up to rooms at 1050, being like, what are we got going in here? It what are y'all cooking? It would have been funnier before you were successful because now everyone would be like, yeah, come in. Get in here. Pre-COVID, it would have been like, I know this guy. Any friends with the Warren Brothers? How do you get in here? So tell me about like touring. How do you, this, do you, do you love touring? Is it? I love playing. I love playing shows. I love like eating at new restaurants and new cities. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes touring sucks, as you know, even just from like, it's Groundhog's Day in the parking lot. Like my mom's like, oh, you get to go see, the, you get to go all over the country. It's like, yeah, yes, I am in a different state, but I, I say am I in another seen, parking lot eating pizza. I always said, I've seen the whole world and it looks like a parking lot. Yeah, yeah, it's literally it. It's <laughs> like maybe if I have a couple hours, but now, especially if we go to, if we go to a small town, everybody knows we're in town. So it's not like, oh, let's go look around because everybody else is out. So um, there, that's the catch 22 of it. But God, I playing shows and like now people singing words back is that's special that is super special it's affirmation i'm not crazy that you weren't crazy yeah. you know by the way i told you that i, I believe it could happen but I, I definitely wasn't as confident as i was letting on to you yeah well, good. <laughs> no, that's fun. I, I knew that you were good enough and i just didn't want you to go well, all you can Some do is like, give somebody a chance and yeah. you know here and and i think there is a lot of luck involved as well as repetition and yeah like i said 10 years of just showing up and swinging like the harder i work the luckier i get kind of thing something like I that i mean there's a little bit of there's there's some luck in there but you do have to be kind of poised and ready and here's another thing you get thrown into a a, a room i want to hear more about the road too but when you get thrown into the room with the, like when you started writing with florida georgia line early you were young green didn't have much and man when you went in they were immediately fans because you brought it and if you're not perched to go when you get that opportunity then that's not luck that's just lack yeah, of you preparation only, you definitely only get one first chance yeah yeah um and especially with like that caliber yeah. when i met fgl it they was like fire that was it yeah. and it was like oh and t-hub liked me for my rapping too like yeah. i remember yeah. he was listening to my rap stuff too um so i think another common theme that has been the case is people have 
literally put their money on my potential more so than where I'm at, which is like, well, if I was a preacher, <laughs> you know, yeah. if I was a preacher, I would make a sermon out of that. Yeah. Of just, um, I'm going to come as I am. Mm-hmm. And I, this is this is my batch of songs that I've written in this past year. I don't know that I deserve a publishing deal or a record deal or any of that. I kind of suck sometimes. I have bad days. This is the best I can present you. And they decide you're going to be good enough. We can give you the opportunity. We can put you in the environment for you to succeed. And then it's on me to live my life accordingly to that opportunity. And I feel like there's a pretty decent parallel there yeah. to, uh, to where I'd be at in my spiritual life as well. I've always been met exactly where I am. Like I'm the best at praying when I need to get out of some trouble or something. And I'm pretty bad at, I'm pretty bad at my thankful prayers. And, um, even so I still, if I'm, if I'm a desperate prayer of, you know, please stop to swear it's the last time that prayer. Yeah. 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 There's still an undeniable, some sort of relief that I feel. Yeah. After that, even if, even if there's, yeah, the, the guilt gets lifted for a minute and, and, um, that guidance in my career today has is definitely I just don't take I don't take this responsibility lightly as far as cutting a path for like other wild ass dudes like yeah. me who yeah. I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be anybody's don't follow me step for step. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I in that type of way, I'm, I ain't yeah. trying to be a role model. Don't do exactly like I'm doing. Yeah. But if if I am an example to somebody of of Yes, you can continue to be yourself shamelessly. Um, you might meet the right people along the way. And here's the thing: if you are, if you can be yourself when you know yourself isn't completed, then you're going to be a better with being yourself when yourself is a little closer to being completed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say that there is a. Um, although you're not a religious type guy, I don't even know what I would say that means, but I'm the same way. It just we wouldn't speak the exact speak. I've always known you to be a person of faith, hmm. and um, oh yeah, I definitely I got faith. I yeah, I mean, I, you, you got. I like, trust something's gonna happen. So it's funny. Yeah. I I just recently talked to to Sonia Isaacs, and I was like, here's the thing: she was like kind of beating herself up about um, God punishing her for something, and that's why this bad thing happened. And like, see, it's so much harder for you, good people, because <laughs> <laughs> there's so much bad on my my resume yeah. that I know that the grace has got it is necessary. Yes. Like I'm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to, if I went tit for tat with God, I'm out, you know, I mean, yeah, there's, sure. there's no, there's no making up. And there's something beautiful about that because wild guys, I'm a wild guy, you're a wild guy. Um, the grace is necessary and it's a little easier for us to just accept it. And when yeah. things, you know, when, when life comes along, we, you get in the right spot. I've always loved that about you. Just, you're just like really honest about it. I don't, I don't mean like reporting your your baggage to everyone you do but you're just really honest about where you are and what you are that day and really real and i don't know if you care what people think about you but you're closer to not caring than most people your age certainly most people your age in our business um and that has become i've i'm to the point now where i wouldn't bet against you regardless of what you're doing and I, i don't think it's because of some fixity of purpose or focus that you have it's just the idea that you haven't pressed and it comes to you. I think there's something awesome about that. Somewhere buried in there, or maybe not there, buried that far, there's a trust. And you're like, hey, man, 
next next up. Yeah, I've, I guess I got some kind of faith because I know I spent my last two hundred dollars on a pair of Gucci slides one time <laughs> in LA. <laughs> Not that long ago, right? No, it was like yeah. four years ago. Yeah. Me and the lady were in LA, and we're at the we're at the I remember Beverly Hills Mall, and I was like, some white Gucci slides would be fire. And I was looked at my SunTrust account, I had two hundred and twenty nine dollars, and they were like two hundred and twelve, and I was like, <laughs> I can make that work. <laughs> I'm sure I got something coming down the line here soon. I don't care how successful you get. At some point, you need to get to sit out with my financial advisor. I just want to make sure when you're my age, you're still... No, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're good. I'll take a, a committee of financial yeah, yeah. advisors. We'll have kangaroo court for my finances, but... It's I been good. Thank God for Katie Klein. I, I remember one day you, we were we were working out in my garage and you, you we were talking about money and I'm trying to get you to do all this Dave Ramsey stuff and you went... What if I just bought a Range Rover and put a bunch of money in my house? And I went, all right, he's not there yet. Yeah. You're gonna make you're gonna make so much. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> what did I say about a Range Rover? You said you said I did if, get a Range Rover. You said what if I just bought a Range Rover and put a bunch of money into my house? Oh yeah. And I was like, it's not a terrible idea. But I, <laughs> yeah, there's worse ideas. I, I can spend my money on worse. Things. I was talking gross stock mutual funds. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My money is in safe places now. I think allotted now. <laughs> yeah, only giving you allowance. Yeah, 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 we're getting a new house. We're, How has having like a kid changed the the whole thing? Oh, dude. What is that old song? My give a damn's busted. Like you thought I didn't care, dude. I say no so much now, and yeah, I, yeah. I I really love it and. And A, you get to use the, oh, gotta, gotta go, my kid. You get to use that excuse, yeah, yeah. so. It's always true, but I, it's yeah, like. Say sometimes it's actually yeah, true. Yeah, you don't have to necessarily do the Irish goodbye. It's like, oh, time to get back to rhyming. Um, he's made it great. It's It's been uh, its own challenges. Like I was telling y'all, the sleep thing has been, he's never been a great sleeper. He got good for a while, nice mm-hmm. regression. But um, the purpose of it all is just so shifted. It's like. I still have the artist mentality of me, me, me sometimes. But when Ryman's like, if Ryman were in the room right now, he's the star of the room. I'm, he's the alpha, I'm the beta. And that's just like, I'm stoked to to let that continue to be a thing. Um, First time you ever love something more than yourself. Literally for me. Literally, no. It's, without a doubt. It's wild. Um, and to tie that back into what touring is like, like he'll come out a quarter of the time. Delaney will come out a half the time. I got my own bus now. So like. Oh, that's good. Being don't, always tough. Don't though. have to share it with the bat with the band bus and like Oh, your own own bus. Yeah, yeah. like I'm oh, on one bus. Oh, and so now we can, you know, he's gonna have his little bunk. And, you have made it. That is that is the Yeah. Yeah, you have your well, own bus. And th- thanks to Morgan for adding sixteen more shows, we're not gonna be in the red. <laughs> it's like sixteen more shows in the same city. So it's like, oh yeah, just, yeah. ding 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 ding. Somebody come here. Well, I guess. <laughs> um yeah, so that's gonna make that's gonna make touring a different story. If you if we had to do one bus again this year, it was like that was gonna yeah that'd have been tough. It's tough away from away from the kid that goes. Um, holy one, I can't believe I never asked you this, but how much uh, influence? Because I guess you're probably the closest person that I am to the to someone that's adopted. How much do you think is genetic, and how much? Uh, influence of your parent. I feel like when you're married, I, my personality turns into my wife's and hers oh, into yeah. me. Craig and, and KK. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're not the same person? Yeah. Michael and Janet Jackson. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? You never, you never saw them together, you notice that? That's right, that is they're true. the same person. Um, um, but like how, I mean, like musically, personally, all of that. It's like, some of it's genetic. 
And you have that. We always yeah. say Toby Keith was your dad. It's, it's, it's running jokes. It still might be. It might be. There's still a gray area Could there. Could be. Uh, but like how much is genetic and how much is, and you wouldn't know for sure, but yeah. like you certainly have some thoughts. I would say it's a no-brainer. I have it in my blood. I always was just gravitating towards music, playing melodies on piano. Before before I knew what I was doing is I'd go sit at my grandmother's piano and play as the deer pants for the water. And you could make the notes. Yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. You know, five or six. Piano teacher quit on me because I was just watch, listening doing what she did. She's like, you're not reading. I was like, read. Banjo teacher quit on me because I was just playing by ear. So that was there. Um, but shout out Ernie and Regina because every time I had an interest, they would provide the instrument. Oh, really? That's good. Uh, yeah, pots and pans. I got a drum set when I was like in first grade. And they Whoa. probably were pissed at that. That's brave. That was a <laughs> yeah, bad they, move. Yeah, they probably were like, well, I didn't know drums made that kind of noise. But, um, <laughs> and by the way, there's only like five drummers that are rich in the yeah, world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry. I'm not one of them. And Grady Block's not one of them. That's <laughs> uh, um, why he's making tracks, writing songs. That's right. Um, yeah. I was I was just always supported in in my decisions whether music sports dad let me play hockey whatever how'd that go <laughs> you as, tell me as athletic <laughs> as you are naturally which you are I, I mean, just skate backwards I was a little yeah, I was, I was fine. Say, I'm, it was roller hockey and I was seven you know oh, okay I it wasn't was like, like ice hockey and they were showing up at four a.m. to be in the, get ice time and no 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 it was one season we're, we're not doing this anymore. but they were supportive and yeah. so um, I remember what third. Third or fourth grade, fourth grade project at Lipscomb, we had to do like a Tennessee project, something that has to do with Tennessee. And I recorded like a little three song Tennessee CD with my cousin at his house. He tracked it, I did track the banjo, the mandolin guitar, sang vocals, Tennessee home, Tennessee home. And I was doing it to the tune of Cumberland Gap because I was like one of the three songs I knew how to play. <laughs> was so. your banjo tuned like a banjo, like with the short string and everything? Oh, yes. Wow, yeah, we, ain't, we ain't doing no ganjo. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so yeah. that's all I ever played. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, that's just like, that was a big part. I always I always felt comfortable asking asking for, you know, to start a new hobby or whatever. Even, I want a dirt bike. They give me a version of a dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not a bicycle with a playing card in yeah. the spokes. But yeah, yeah a, a dirty bicycle. Look at <laughs> that, look, dirt bike. Dirt bike. Um, yeah. There's no doubt I definitely had it in my blood, but I was, you know, my dad was always listening to country music and sports radio. It was one of those two. But at that point, I was booster seat. So that was like George Strait, Alan Jackson, early Keith Urban stuff. It seeps in, man. You can't yeah. help it. My dad, too. And you were on was, tour with Tim while I'm listening to Tim yeah, in my yeah, booster wow. seat. <laughs> Our dad was listening to Marty Robbins and like. My mom was listening to Marty Robbins. Yeah. Um, there was and what was what was another song that was always on my red rubber ball oldies ninety six point three I was always listening to that um, yeah they're not the most musically inclined my dad however he did say he wanted to take piano lessons he's seventy two and he's like man I always just felt like they made fun of me when I tried to play piano in high school Angela plays and like his his cousin plays I think he could do it. I guess I feel like because your dad's a baseball coach, and then when I when I sat with down with your parents, we sat on at the oh, subway. We talk about that. This is great. So <laughs> you're twenty. Yeah, I was twenty one or 20, 21, 22, whatever it was. You were re really young, and and we got Sony's uh, offered you a publishing deal, and um, so I sit down with your parents at the subway across the street from Lipscomb University, 
and I'm kind of ex just explaining the basic way a publishing deal works, which is the only way I can explain it. Which is the yeah. only way I think of it to yeah, this still, day. I've never, still never read a contract. I just go it's as a circle Brad said. and you cut it in half and yeah. this is the writer's share and the publishing share and it's pretty, pretty, you know, basic and your mom's very engaged. She's like, I oh, ask a question, whatever. And, you know, we're there for 30 minutes and your dad looks up with his baseball uniform and hat on and get ready to go to practice or whatever yeah. it was. He goes, Brad, I'm just going to have to trust you. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Like, That's still, I mean, it's, it's funny to see my mom has never paid much attention to the music world. And I guess enough, uh, she still doesn't. I think just stuff comes across her platter now. And now I'm on that sometimes. So like she'll see a, a headline or something where she would have normally seen like Dylan Scott did this. It was like, now it's earnest, you know? Yeah. And she'll send me stuff and it's cool. There was a time, as you know, that they could just not listen to my demos. And now I can't even listen. I was like, what, what was I doing? But now I remember my mom was like, uh, sorry, mom, but it's true. She texted me one time, I sent her a song. And she was like, this gave me stomach ulcers. And I was like, oh. <laughs> that <Really>? sucks. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry yeah, thing. yeah. So, but now, now it's like, all right, they're actually a f they can be fans of the, of my music and all that. How much is uh? Because my mom, my mom. First of all, we were like not right. Uh, we were we were uh, function functioning alcoholics would be a rough word. We were we were somewhat functioning alcoholic drug users. And when our when our things came out, my mom was you know she's very the church lady. She's awesome human being, but like not happy with our lifestyle. So anything that was, was feeding into that, feeding yeah. into that, which the music, you know, or, or like we, we got in a fight at the wild horse saloon and we got, we got arrested. And, um, is that a, was that a Brett Warren fight? Was yeah. That, yeah. Brett, yeah, Brett yeah, yeah, knocked yeah. the same stage manager out cold. Like, um, I remember my mom crying and honestly, of all of the bad, I always said we weren't drunk that night. The truth is we were drunk but we weren't nearly as drunk as we normally were. <laughs> so I felt like I, I wouldn't have been okay to drive a car, but I was way better than normal. And I said, mom, of all of this bad things we've done, that guy deserved to be hit. Don't get mad at Brett for hitting yeah, him. He really yeah. needed it. But like there was this, this disconnect between it, but somewhere underneath it, which is what I was getting to, my mom was very proud of it. My dad was, my dad loved country music. We, we played the Opry and he played guitar with us and stood in the circle. Oh, it was so part, of the, part of the rhyming circle. Which is your son's name? Which is February tenth, by the way. Are you really? Yeah. Come oh, on, dude, I gotta yeah, go. Yeah, y'all are there. That's a Friday. Yeah, cool. I would love to go. Yeah. Um, but it's, so they're they're proud of you. Do you get any? Do you get any friction on the? Well, they're probably so glad it's not gangster rap, right? Thrilled. It's not <laughs> gangster rap. Um, yeah, you know, it's been it's been chill. I think having a little success definitely helps. Like they're not worried about my life crashing and burning yeah. and, and all that. Um, uh, this is kind of funny. I've really tried to not put weed on my Instagram at all. Like some, I, every now and then it might show up in, in a story or something, but I guess, um, on 420, which is a decent little holiday. <laughs> it's a decent, decent, I, I know not what you speak of. a decent little holiday. Um, I guess I, I had one of those, like it's a joint cone. That's about from here to here. It's like this long and I'd filled it up and, a joint cone is that that big thing that you roll a joint with? Yeah, it's a, just a big. It's like it was like a it was a party favor to put just this massive thing together. Pot was there on my thing, so I was bad. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, um, anyways, yeah. I had that surprised the band with it. We had thing, and I took a selfie with it, and I posted it on Instagram. Didn't think anything of it. Two or three weeks went by. 
Forgot I'd posted it. My mom texted me and she was like, I really wish you would not put stuff like that on your Instagram. And like, if you're going to do it, just be discreet about it. I'm like, mom, I don't, I've not been posting. I was like, I, I have I thought I've been really respectful. Yeah, I was like, I've actually been great. And she was like, well, not on, not the one I saw. And I went and saw it. I was like, oh, the biggest joint I've ever yes. smoked in my life is the one that she sees on Instagram. Always. You ever watch a movie with your mom that you swear didn't have any nudity? Yeah. The nudity shows up because she's yeah. there. All of a sudden, it's the Bear Witch Friday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. Um, it's, it's kind of funny to me. That's part of the honesty that I that you have it's like you're afraid of <laughs> i wasn't it's funny the first thing i never forget i put it on and you were like this kid smoking weed and gay rap and i'm like do his parents know this he goes to lipscomb yeah, they you were, didn't go to lipscomb you were 20. no i was on prayer boards across middle tennessee <laughs> i still am but yeah and i you know i mean it's, it's it depends on how how they want to look at it the truth is in some ways uh you do just worry about your kid making a living so that part's gone away that's nice yeah and i get that and i look they've come a they've come a long way and i've told them and i tell people all the time i was kind of and and still am maybe their only portal they've ever had to that my mom maybe a little more so being in real estate she has to deal with different types of people but like for for the longest time i thought that i was the exact type of person they didn't want me hanging out with (laughs) but it wasn't because i was being something i'm not (laughs) It was just like, this is who I am. I'm not a bad guy. I just do all these things you say are bad. But then they see over the course of time uh, and through love and compassion that they are my parents. They've proven time and time again that unconditional love. I saw somebody say something the other day. It's like they were referring to spouses. But if the person on the receiving end of that love met all the conditions, would what would be the point? Advice. Correct. So, so that... They've proven time and time again they really do love me, and, and I've made it hard for anybody who's ever loved me. It's not been um, a walk down, <laughs> you know, you know, cotton candy lane. But um, I say, I say, to say now, I think I've been able to open their eyes to you know seeing a, a version of world, my world that you know they might have wanted to steer me away from, but now they're, they're understanding. It. It's like, yeah, not everybody is walking life the exact same way that you've seen everybody walking life your whole life. Um, and I think you like some of the music of these people yeah, that, you yeah. know, that are walking these lives too. And, and now they, they get it. It's, it is, it's, bigger than, it's bigger than the bubble that I grew up in, that they grew up in, and it's not anybody's fault at all. We all, and the older I get, the more I realize, hey, there are just some really good people. They just are good people. Yeah, and they, they yeah. don't want it to be more complicated than that. They don't want to. They don't want to look down some hallways. You don't have to look down all yeah. the hallways. Yeah. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think I mean, like God meets us exactly where we are. We don't. We don't get to Him. He gets. He comes to. He's right there when, whenever it is. Right. And uh, like I found God through drugs and alcohol. I literally think I would if I had been a functioning guy that was not addicted and didn't have, I would have just been a rule somewhat rule following guy who lived a little angry and pissed off and, and yeah, selfish lukewarm lukewarm <laughs> oh yeah yeah totally yeah. and i i needed to, i needed to need it i needed yeah. to need it and um you know if your mom and 
and dad were watching this, I would just be like, yeah, he's a really good human being. Cause you are, you are, you're, a, you're actually super compassionate. And the, I don't know if you like, like we're funny. We laugh at, yeah, we laugh at almost yeah, everything. everything. I mean, too much, if you yeah. trip and fall in front of us, <laughs> there's going to be a joke and then you're going to go trip and fall. Yes. You yes. Know? Yes. Uh, and man, you're still the best trip and fall ever. You do. But, um, Got a good trip but you're compassionate to a, to a degree that people would probably, your parents would probably be surprised with. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, yeah, we're not all on the same exact, we're not all on the same exact journey. Yeah. And I think our parents were raised and, and my, my mom, she wants the best. She does. She just wants us all to wind up in heaven together. And I, I respect that because I do too. I just think there's a much wider path to it. And I see the different roads that you take to get there that, that maybe aren't seen. And, um, but it's super real, and man, I'm, I mean, when I say I'm proud of you, it's not. I'm not just proud of you because you because you're getting famous and because you've had a bunch of hit songs and people respect you. But I'm I'm just proud of how you've done it. I'm proud of who you are still, and we still laugh about stupid shit. Yeah, and hope we always we're do. always yeah. going to. Yeah, I would assume uh, deathbed laughter, but like you're doing it the right way, and you're honest about it, and 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 you're you enjoy. It. I mean, you seem to be enjoying it. I know it probably was hectic when you try to switch all your information to a flip phone yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about the most stress i've ever seen you that is the most i was so i was so pissed delaney was like you did this nobody <laughs> yeah, made you do yeah. this you did this like, I don't what was i thinking you're yeah. supposed to stop me from this yeah i'm the impulsive that's one. what i told the lady at at&t the next day i was like you watched me do this yeah. she was like well it ain't my job to not sell you a phone i was like Oh, okay, well, you're selling all. me this one today, so. I think you and you and Morgan and Hardy are kind of like the highwaymen. You know what I mean? I think it's becoming this, like. That's what I'm hearing. It, we got to have a song together eventually. Yeah, I mean. One yeah, of these days. You don't really have. It's crazy. You don't have one. Uh -uh. But you guys are always together. You need to do an album. Like a whole album. Maybe. Um, yeah. Um, I'm down. Don't know, man, you're super young. It's like you got, hurting flies to try to get. You, you, got your, you got your 40s, all of you, to do this in. You know what I mean? The Highwaymen weren't like brand new when they did it. Yeah, Christopherson was like 62. Yeah. And I was, yeah. But like to watch it happen, because when it was happening for them, no one really kind of predicted. But like you're in a, in a zone that's it's cool, it's special. Um, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm like really proud of you. And, and I'm. Well, thank you. I, I definitely want. And I've always, I've wanted to make you proud and Brett proud. Um, Y'all set an awesome standard for me and Mitchell. Um, it was the first time I've been able to be around a successful person like that hmm. and successful people. And to see that, you know, like we always say, you don't look like you can go work at a bank. It's like, you know, yeah. that, you yeah. don't have to have a buzz cut, crew cut to go be successful. I was like, I like it. Mom, I'm getting more tattoos. Brad has tattoos. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I've been to blame for that. I was like the first guy at the baseball park with the tattoos. Yeah. And all, like, the parents were like, you, you stop that. Yeah. I was at a gas station he one did, time. He and I, did drugs. <laughs> can't, tell by the, on the, can't tell by the tattoos. He's on the pot. Yeah. <laughs> my ex-girlfriend was like, don't get tattoos. I don't want my, I don't want my kid's father to have tattoos. I was like, ha, hey, what's it like to be an ex? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write a song about you. Yeah. I was at a gas station one time and I just bought a, a, a new-ish truck. I still never owned a new vehicle, but it was a new-ish truck. And it was like really nice. And this guy comes over to me and he said, uh, he goes, hey, man, I got to ask you, uh, what, what do you do for a living? And I said, um, I'm a songwriter. And he goes, oh, that's it. He goes, I was just looking over and going, what, how can a guy look like that and have that car? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like the greatest compliment of all time. I was like, time. man, you just made my day. Yeah. Like, that's all I ever wanted to be was that guy. I love that. It's oh. like, I'm going to get out of my Escalade wearing a bathrobe and, <laughs> and, and the $217 Gucci flip-flops. You know, you still got those? No, I got lost those. I'm oh. Like, 
I lost them somewhere along the way. You got to get it together, man. I want to see those on you. Um, I always have, damn, I have something else to ask you, but I always, I always ask the question, what is the worst thing that ever happened to you? And what's the best thing that came out of that? I mm. almost feel spoiled answering that question because uh, my biggest fear is how I haven't lost anybody like directly to me. Like, I mean, my grandmother, I was talking here, but grandmothers die. Yeah. Um, Hardest thing that's ever happened to me. There's been, there's been up and downs. I'll, I'll answer a career that that actually really shifted my life. Losing my first record deal and kind of finding out I lost my first record deal and never even be in a real conversation. Um, that popped a hole in that balloon that I've been talking about. But I, ne I would never let it show. I was still showing up and writing every day. But my life went to hell. I was a piece of shit. Sorry, but I was a piece of shit for years because of that. And I was um, overcompensating and all this ego that was bruised and damaged wrecked a lot of things in my personal life. And looking back, it was like there was a pathway of destruction. Um, and all during the middle of that, Delaney's dad's house got messed up in the hurricane. It was a dark time for us personally. Mm -hmm. It wasn't any, wasn't any um, human death, but it was an ego death yeah. that I did not want to go through. Yeah. And didn't realize it's like two and a half years of time I was in limbo. However, with that two and a half years, on the back half of that is when I just kind of had to reassess and that was kind of when I was letting go of the rap thing. And I was like, all right. I was hanging out with this guy, Petty, Nashville rapper, and we were sitting on his porch and he was like, you know, you can, you should go after the country music thing. He's like, it could work. It's a no brainer. He's a rapper and he's telling me, he's like, do it. Cause I always wanted to make the national rap scene proud. I felt mm -hmm. like he, he was giving me like his blessing to yeah. like, you don't have to do yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, I don't, I think if, if things had gone the way I'd want them, wanted them to go. And I was 23 in general. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have these things. I probably wouldn't have my family. Um, but life, Life sucked really bad for a couple of years. Like that was worse than COVID was like the most successful time I'd had in my life. Yeah. And realistically, but, but this, this little stint, um, I felt like I had nothing. I didn't, I only had like a couple cuts that I didn't have a deal. And what you're doing right now, by the way, age is so much better than what you were doing. You yeah. It feels, I mean? No, it, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah. That was like, now you see from 60,000 feet, mm -hmm. that was just like a, Go this way. <laughs> you know, go, no, go this no, okay. way. And all you can see then is just something getting, you're, you're over here. Yeah. This gets moved in front of you. You're just going to have to go pivoting. And um, yeah, I. That's amazing because the truth is when you said that, and I've never really looked at it like this, but that's exactly what happened to us. Brett and I lost our record deal. Um, my dad died. Didn't think it affected, man. And that was when those that four years between sobriety and losing our record deal on our dad kind of in the same year and just, um, man, we went off the rails. That was when, and that was when drug use became drug abuse. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, alcohol abuse became ridiculous. Um, and, and we vault, vaulted into this area. But the truth is when we got on the other side of that, the gift was, hey, you're not supposed to be doing this anyway. 
you need to be, you're, you're, you're the guy behind the guy. Mm. Get back here, write songs for these people and write songs with and for Tim McGraw and that's right. gonna be your ticket into success. And then we got to stay home with our kids and, and, and go to baseball games and do the things that we did. And if I got my way, what I wanted, be, I do not want to be an artist at all right now. I love being who I am, where I am, whatever. So I envy that much of the the songwriter lifestyle is so different than artists. Now, um, back to the ego, I think there is a thing where it's like, I really want to hear my voice on some of these songs and tell my story. And thank God Delaney has been so supportive from day one. She's seen it. We've been as broke as you can get together. And she's stuck by my side when she shouldn't have, because I was just, yeah. we grew up together. You're that stuff, yeah. And, um, and now this close, uh, I saw <laughs> there was a long line of traffic yesterday because the train was going. And uh, I just had to go up like three cars before I could take a ride. And I saw like four or five cars get hit u-turns and as soon as they turned around the train was gone and i was like boy if that ain't nashville (laughs) i like i I say that about i say that about michelle like she didn't she didn't quit five minutes before the miracle happened yeah yeah and then yeah i we i owe it to myself i owe it to delaney to like if god has given me this opportunity to be this close to go on tour with the biggest artists in the world right now and get to share those fans with me and there's people out there that my music can affect or, you know, inspire. Uh, oh, you have to do yeah. it. Yeah, got to do it. As your songwriter, friend, older brother, cousin, uncle, or whatever it is that I am, I would kick your ass if you didn't go do that tour. You have to do that. Oh, you have to yeah. live that. I mean, yeah. it's, and there, there's time. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll function and become what it is. But um, it, it's, it's, it's hard to not do some things and, and that this is this isn't a, a spot where you just got to like you just letting it come and man when you get offered a world tour how, by the way how crazy is it that morgan is the biggest artist in the world i mean that yeah. that dude hanging around big loud and i'm so happy for him and love yeah. him to death uh and i mean i know he's had his everyone everyone loves to jump on you you know yeah. and the slightest bit of down and um, you've been a great friend to morgan and you guys make great music together it's good but just knowing morgan is the sweet guy that he he is yeah. hanging around big loud and now he's the biggest star in the world. It's crazy. It is crazy. Power of a song. He's got a great voice. And, um, yeah, I, I think if, if anybody sees my story, they just I, blessed beyond belief and lucky and right place, right time. But, um, and talented as, as absolutely talented as anyone I've ever been in a room with. I say that to you, not as a uh, not thank as you. propped up, but it's so broad that you could have done anything and I'm glad it landed. It's landing yeah. how and when it's not, it's not like it landed, it's landing constantly. Yeah, well, I, I have you you and Brad, you and Brett to thank for that uh, always. One of my greatest accomplishments is going to that baseball game that day and meeting you. <laughs> that's <laughs> and, it, no. Get somebody to, somebody to sign you up. I mean, I, I want to thank you for loving my son. Uh, it means a lot. It meant a lot to me when he was alive. Yeah. It means a lot to me how you are with my other two boys uh, here. But I love that you loved him, and I loved it. Probably fans one, two, and three were Sage, Quinn, and Jude. 100%. <laughs> uh, you know yeah. what I mean? When there was, yeah. when there was no... Uh, and uh quinn and jude got my number and yeah it's, man, it's it's, a, a jude, i like jude i might need an intern here soon over at cadillac i know oh, Jude's yeah. gonna kick around. he's yeah fill he's, out the peanut drawer yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Just don't let him fill up the gummy drawer. <laughs> yeah. No, you can fill it up. Just don't take anything don't take out, out of it. Fill it up. Just don't empty hey, it. Hey, those are mine. <laughs> those, are, those, are, those are mine. Those are for Big Daddy. Yeah. You yeah. leave that alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I love you, dude. I appreciate you. I love you, too. Yeah. Always. Thanks for having me. Always. And when God, I bring, man, when I bring Just Be an Earnest back, uh, you're going to have to come on. Oh yeah, I'd love, I'd love Maybe it. Maybe we get Brett on too and do a tag team. We got to do it. Absolutely. You should come on the road and ride with me sometime. Though. I will. If I can, if I can steal him for a couple of days. Now you have your own bus. That's what I'm, I'm saying. In. I wasn't quite as now into the band bus. bus. You can sleep on the band bus. <laughs> <laughs> There's room on the band bus. Here's now. what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I'll fly out and I'll see at a hotel and then I'll meet you in the next gig and then I'll fly home. That'll be perfect. That's perfect. That's yeah. my ideal way to do it. Cool. Oh, you're doing multiple dates places. Yeah, bro. We're oh, posting yeah, up. We're doing yeah. two nights at Fenway. We fly to Boston. That's easy. Yeah. It's two hour and 20 minute fly. It's yeah. Done a couple times. Wrigley. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Pick a field. Dude, Fenway, Wrigley. It's mm -hmm. crazy, huh? You yeah. and Mookie are both playing Fenway. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Love you, bro. I love you too. Thanks. Ugh. Sick. Hell yeah. First, you made me cry. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry, sweet. I didn't feel like we were very sad. I, that's good that you made you cry.